Hello and welcome to the Poetry Exchange. I'm Michael Schaefer. And I'm Fiona Bennett. Lovely to see you, Fee. How are you doing? I'm all right, Michael. It's brilliant to see you. I feel like I've been seeing you a lot, but I haven't. We've been on the phone a lot and the email a lot. And now there you are. So that's yep. excellent. Yeah, we've got back into the new year mm. and kind of hit the ground running. Yeah. We've been busy. Shall we tell people what we've been busy yes, doing? Yes, go on. Michael. I'm teasing. You're right. Yes. So we are absolutely thrilled to let you know about an event that we've got coming up. We wanted you, our listeners, to be the first to know, and we're going to be spreading the word on social media in the weeks to come. We are going to be hosting an online, one-off, one-night-only event uh, called In the Company of Poems. And it's going to be happening on Friday, the 19th of February, uh, from 7 till 8 p.m. UK time. And it's a fundraising event uh, where we're looking to raise some funds to keep the Poetry Exchange going uh, with all of the various projects that we look to do, including the podcast. And we're going to be gathering an extraordinary group of poets and performers and readers of great words to read uh, some of the greatest poems of all time, modern, of the past, known, unknown uh, very well-known, all, all manner of poems will be there with us. Faye, do you want to talk about who we've got coming? Yeah, it's so exciting. And uh, we're calling it In the Company of Poems. And we've got such great company coming to read with us. So we've got Malaika Booker, phenomenal all-star Malaika Booker, recently winner of the Forward Best Single Poem Prize. Uh, I'm sure lots of our listeners will be familiar with her work amazing she's going to join us who else we got michael tobias menzies is going to come along tobias has uh, the most incredible actor I, I did hamlet with him many years ago and he's been playing prince philip uh, in the crown uh, recently so tobias will be there it's also really brilliant that natasha gordon um phenomenal playwright and performer and friend of the project there with us in the early days is going to join us hafsa anila bashir is going to be with us, and William Tuckett, choreographer, performer, and lover of poetry. And of course, we've got Roy McFarlane, uh, who's a great friend of the project and featured on our episode talking about his love of the Langston Hughes poem, The Negro Speaks of Rivers. And Michael, to complete the lineup that we're announcing so far, because who knows who else might be coming along by the time we get to February or whatever, John McAuliffe. Phenomenal poet, wonderful, insightful writer, intellect, champion of poetry and uh, a great friend who's uh, helped us along the way from the beginning. And we're delighted he's going to come and read a couple of poems too. And of course, you and I will be there, Fiona. And uh, we might read a couple of poems as well. Oh, yeah, that's right. So if you would like to come... What should people do, Fee? They just need to go to the website, to our event page, and there'll be details there of how to go through to the booking page and make sure you secure your place for this one-off online evening in the company of poems. Perfect. So that's thepoetryexchange.co.uk. Find yourself there. There will be uh, instructions where you can uh, reserve your place. And we really look forward to seeing you there. 
So no less exciting is this month's episode, Michael. It's one of those things where you think, how blessed are we to have had this conversation with this wonderful visitor, with this terrific standout poem, and to have the opportunity to share it with people at the beginning of this year, a poem that is truly about coming through in ways that people will discover as we head into the episode. Yeah, I I actually wasn't present at this conversation and uh, this is my first Sylvia Plath poem. So it's been a real treat for me to listen to it and um, I hope everyone feels the same listening to it. You'll be hearing Fiona and John talking about Mushrooms by Sylvia Plath, the poem that's been a friend to Jenny. Give it a read for us, Jenny. Yeah, sure. Overnight, very whitely, discreetly, very quietly, our toes, our noses, take hold on the loam, acquire the air. Nobody sees us, stops us, betrays us. The small grains make room. Soft fists insist on heaving the needles, the leafy bedding, even the paving. Our hammers, our rams, earless and eyeless, perfectly voiceless, widen the crannies, shoulder through holes. We diet on water, on crumbs of shadow, bland-mannered, asking little or nothing. So many of us, so many of us. We are shelves, we are tables, we are meek, we are edible, nudges and shovers in spite of ourselves. Our kind multiplies. We shall by morning inherit the earth. Our foot's in the door. Wonderful. Fantastic. Beautiful reading. Mm. Actually, a wonderful poem to have in the morning as well, isn't it? Um, Mm. Yeah. And at this time of year. Something that makes you whisper it, doesn't it? Yes, yeah. Yeah, it was lovely. It was really lovely. Um, So, Jenny, tell us how this poem came into your life? Well, I suppose it was Sylvia Plath in general, really. There's something about it where I keep coming back to her and I kind of never lose that first um, response, uh, the kind of first sort of excitement that I had when I first read her, which was probably as uh, late teens, something like that. Um, But this poem, I suppose... What I love about Sylvia Plath is her amazing use of imagery. And I suppose what this poem is an example of that for me of when I kind of first discovered how amazing language can be. And and that's kind of what really got me interested in poetry to begin with. I mean, it's almost an exercise, isn't it? I suppose, um, how can you explore one object or you know, something in nature or without ever saying what it is and, you know, whether it's symbolic or not, um, how can you describe it? How can you make it something so much bigger than it is? And it's an incredible example of that, I think. Overnight, very whitely, discreetly, very quietly, our toes, our noses 
take hold on the loam, acquire the air. Nobody sees us, stops us, betrays us. The small grains make room. It is absolutely an incredible example of that. And it's also, there's a lightness of touch in this. The, the many other Sylvia Path poems where you might think, oh, when you're talking about, you know, the, the command of language, you might think more mm. towards the sort of flourish of it in some way. And this is a different tone, isn't it? Yes, it is. And I, I think that's what's amazing about it. Capturing this, let's say they are just mushrooms, but through the rhythm, through the the way it's put together, is this, you know, it's in it's in the form of it, this quiet but pressured um, resistance and uh, growth that I think is just pleasing somehow. That, And I think maybe this sense of the kind of wonder and power of, you know, people, things, whatever, that are quiet, that are meek, that are under the surface, that are hidden, um, these kind of hidden lives that actually are part of a collective a movement or whatever that that pushes. So I love that, that it's light. It's the duality of that, that she keeps this kind of light softness, this sort of, um, you know, it's it's in all the kind of you know, whitely, discreetly, quietly, this sort of meekness. And yet that also pushes you on in the poem. It keeps moving forward and forward. It's this quiet kind of surge upwards, um, which you feel as you read it, I think, you know, where she's got these sort of internal rhymes like fists insist and it, it applies a pressure, I think. I mean, soft fists, just the the softness and the strength all in one. I love what you're saying about here's something about the the quiet insistence, something that might be under the surface, but that has a power to, to push or to keep moving in some way. Soft fists insist on heaving the needles, the leafy bedding, even the paving. Our hammers, our rams, earless and eyeless, Perfectly voiceless, widen the crannies, shoulder through holes. I think she sets that up in, you know, every every verse has this contrast of suggesting this kind of quiet submissiveness and then absolutely in the next line contradicting it, you know, this little or nothing and then so many of us, so many of us. There's something quite magical about it. I mean... Obviously, Sylvia Plath's very famous and we know a lot about the kind of tragic history and we know much more about the latter poems of her life, which are much more kind of visceral. And there's something about this that has this sort of fairy tale quality. And I think she had this amazing playfulness and there's a joy in there in her use of language. Um, And I think that's what I've always found quite exhilarating. I think something about the... um, our hammers, our rams, these kind of little personification things of imagining little mini battering rams, um, you know, like this this whole little world out there that's quite fairy tale um, about it, which which I love as well. We diet on water, on crumbs of shadow, bland mannered, asking little or nothing. So many of us. So many of us. 
We are shelves, we are tables, we are meek, we are edible, nudges and shovers in spite of ourselves. Our kind multiplies. I think this is very particular choice that she makes in this penultimate stanza. Nudges and shovers in spite of ourselves. Mm. As though, um, I suppose, whatever, whoever they are, they're not looked on as... I suppose they're not given the hand up, essentially. Whether it's their nature or what's... Well, it's not their nature. I mean, we can see their nature. <laughs> That's what's pushing through. Um, it's where they've been placed the lowest of the low but um so i suppose it's it's in spite of themselves but uh, i think i'd take from that that's how they've been made to be and can break out against that and do so it's yeah it's in spite of ourselves but it's also because of ourselves <laughs> i think yeah that's very it's a very complex idea and quite difficult to get at isn't it the understanding of the contradiction of meekness and resistance. And I mean, we all have to overcome something in ourselves. Resistance, you're always doing something in spite of yourselves. I certainly am. Mm. Um, I think that's the hopefulness in it, isn't it? There's, um, there will always be obstacles and you might be your own obstacle, but uh, there's a way through. I love the, the looking out that the poem is giving you now, Jenny, um, and uh, as a way of, yeah, the connecting to the multitude, the feeling of being part of the many of us that are coming through or pushing our way through this time. I wonder if any other moments come to mind now where it's this poem as a kind of touchstone for your journey of overcoming obstacles of any kind. Um, I wish I could say it had. <laughs> I don't know whether I'm quite there yet. <laughs> but I think I think I just love that sense of a kind of secret interior idea. Mm. And at exactly the same time, this kind of big picture, big world, big inheriting the earth. And I think that always works for me <laughs> in some way. I don't know that it necessarily leads to me <laughs> conquering some... <laughs> issues in myself but it or whatever or life but I think that does something not to impose something grander than I expect you would accept Jenny but you know there's a vision <laughs> isn't there it's holding a vision for you yeah. of this idea of close intimate secret interior knowing and understanding and will that being connected out into the world you know Mm. To me, it offers some kind of sense of having a faith in that in some way. Yeah, I think that's true. Yeah, there is a sense of faith in, and and the kind of there's not. I don't know. I take pleasure in the fact there's no there's nothing glamorous here. There's a kind of sense of domesticity of um, or workmanship or whatever in some of the language of shelves and tables. And you know, you almost look at and hear doormats, don't you? <laughs> or um, earless and eyeless. That it, they're not beautiful things. Then there's no glamour. There's no flourish, as you say. Um, that's in the language and it's in the subjects. But um, there's something really pleasurable about that. About these are the ones that inherit the earth. You know. Mm. Yes, it's a phenomenal 
movement, isn't it, towards that final stanza, which you just don't. I mean, it's breathtaking, the last stanza. We shall, by morning, inherit the earth, our foots in the door. It is. <laughs> and I think literally as well, I suppose, because you finally stop, don't you? Mm. You take that breath mm. of inherit the earth, mm. our foot's in the door. Mm. And it's just, it is, it is an amazing, it is, yeah, probably one of the best ends of a poem, I think. Mm. I'm just so grateful for this poem and for you bringing it here. And I, I'm sure I don't really need to say it, but one of the unique powers of poetry, I guess, is the possibility of glimpsing into this secret interior and that's one thing, but to then in the same movement, in the same art, to to go, so many of us, so many of us. I mean, that's what this conversation and this poem is really giving me today. Without even mentioning human beings at all, it has to be said yeah, as well, yeah, exactly. just yeah. about mushrooms. And, and Well, I think that's, that's it. I mean, you can't read a poem without the context that you're in. Or, you know, we know the context of of women at, at the time that Sylvia Plath was writing and of fe and of female poets as well but um but exactly as you say I can't I can't escape the context that I'm in reading it now and there is some this amazing power isn't there in that repetition of so many of us so many of us like hear it again you know mm. Uh, mm. I love that mm. exclamation mark yeah, yeah. but quiet <laughs> you know can I ask you again did you hear me sorry mm. Did you say, did you hear me? <laughs> no, as in, as in the poet. Yeah. Did you hear us? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Sorry, um, I was speaking over you as you said it. It was ironic at my own noisiness, <laughs> given that my question was going to be uh, to ask you about the quiet, actually, the very quietly. She's, she's saying these are not, you know, these are not the shouters. Yeah, I mean, we know the loudest voices aren't always the ones that should be heard um yeah but it's this tiptoeing through isn't it it's very clever yeah i'm just wondering how that struck a chord for you as a younger person at the time and and also the journey of that sense of voice really actually i think at that age i didn't consider myself a kind of quiet person at all or an introverted person um so it didn't strike a chord in that way but i do think and this is the case for everyone i think that i suppose i always felt a bit at odds of whatever i was externally and, and what i was thinking and feeling internally and, and maybe it um it resonated there really so it wasn't so much a kind of I'm this kind of person it's but it's the idea of everyone's got this interior voice or interior battle I mean that you know the whole earth might be just you and the mushrooms are in you somewhere um I don't, certainly don't mean it as simply as how kind of loud your your own voice is or anything like that I think you can be both or, and have both very 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 wonderful poem with so much in it Jenny it's amazing with this excitement of language and this exhilaration of what it can do, how do you how do you how do you live with that? 
That's a good question. Um, I wish I could say I've written three novels in, <laughs> or something. We all wish that, um, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I think for me at the moment it has been just part of the kind of survival, really. And uh, I hesitate to say escape. Um, I'm not in dire straits, you know, I'm fine. Um, but it's... There's something about instilling some kind of inner energy and life back into back into you when you don't feel you have have much of it. I think it's been it's mostly just encouraged me to to read more, to pick up poetry books mm. regularly. Really, it, it's been part of the getting through. I think mm. more than <laughs> I wish, inspiring me to write as brilliantly as this but um it, it's for sure part of the survival and I shock myself sometimes because uh, I, I think it probably makes it sound like I read all the time but um it's surprising how even when you love reading and I don't know if other people have found this but sometimes I find myself between books or between things haven't actually picked anything up for ages and uh, it's not till I do that I realize how important it is to me and that actually, no, I need a I need a constant supply of books and poetry that I'm always picking up. And if I have that gap, I might not realise it in the moment how it's affecting me. But as soon as I read something again, I think, what have I been doing? Yeah, <laughs> I needed this. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, it's so well expressed. <laughs> so it, it, it's all, it's a sort of space, isn't it? It's it's and a replenishing that we need. And yeah. You know, almost like the thing when you forget to drink water in a day and suddenly yeah. you don't feel quite right. Yeah. So you've, you've beautifully brought us the poem that's been a friend to you. If you had to describe this friend, what kind of friend would you say that it's been? I suppose it's uh, perhaps my very, very small little friend who's always sitting on the end of the bed that I don't always spot, but is constantly there smoothing the covers, tucking me in, keeping the bed warm, and uh, holding my hand when I recognise that they're there. Sylvia Plath, Mushrooms. Overnight, very whitely, discreetly, very quietly, our toes, our noses, take hold on the loam, acquire the air. Nobody sees us, stops us, betrays us. The small grains make room. Soft fists insist on heaving the needles, the leafy bedding, even the paving. Our hammers, our rams, earless and eyeless, perfectly voiceless, widen the crannies, shoulder through holes. We diet on water, on crumbs of shadow, bland-mannered, asking little or nothing. So many of us, so many of us. We are shelves, we are tables, we are meek, we are edible, 
nudges and shovers in spite of ourselves. Our kind multiplies. We shall, by morning, inherit the earth, our foots in the door. That was Fiona with the gift reading at the end there. Beautiful reading, Fee. And uh, our thanks to Jenny for giving us permission to use the conversation and to Faber for giving their permission to use Mushrooms by Sylvia Plath. There's something about the quiet persistence in that poem that, that really struck a chord for me, Fee. I think that was really one of the things that struck me, Michael, with talking to Jenny and looking back at that poem was just that it's, you know, it's there in that very first collection that was published early in her journey as a poet. And it's just all there. And it carried on and deepened and widened and went in many ways. But yeah, it's a real, it's a great poem to lift up and and to encourage people to either go and read more of Sylvia Plath's work or return to it if it's a while since you have. That's about all for this month. Do head over to the website uh, and check out the details for our event in the Company of Poems. That's uh, just to remind you, that's Friday the 19th of February at 7 o'clock UK time. We'd love to see you there. Until then, thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.